Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and we have a very great episode for you. Hope I can keep pumping these out, get your mind off things. I know the world is in a really weird place right now, and for the next little bit, uh, the format of the show is going to change, but it's not going to stop. I think um, we're going to start doing these episodes over the phone or on Skype or or anything. Uh, we'll keep the momentum going. And my guest today was the last pre-recorded one I got to do in person with somebody. And he goes by the name of John Paul DeRuver. He is such an excellent musician and songwriter. Very conceptual. Uh, recently released a new album called Loss. And it coincides with his previous album called Love, Love and Loss. And I recommend you checking both of them out uh both are different vibes and uh yeah they just paint a big picture and it's cool to dive in deep with him about these albums and also his journey as an artist like i mentioned very conceptual guy who puts a lot of heart and thought into his music his craft and beyond working on his own artistic expression he also does a lot for the community around him with his studio titled blueprints it's out of thunder bay and it's just this awesome hub to help develop artists and um, kind of pay forward some of the knowledge he's gained over the years on like the business side of being in the music industry. And yeah, John Paul is just an awesome guy and I enjoyed this chat. And before we get into this, I want to remind you, if you're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps... I want to let you know that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You'll see some pictures of me and Paul during the interview at the Horseshoe Tavern. Links to where you can listen to both Love and Loss, his latest music video, another link for the people who live in the Thunder Bay area who want to check out the Blueprint Studio and programs he offers, and anything else that we talk about in this conversation. All right? So thank you at home for tuning in. Um, I hope you guys are hanging in there. Like I said, it's, it's weird times, and I want to send my best vibes and energy to you guys. Strength and love. Feel free to hit me up or the show page if you just need somebody to talk to or anything. We're going to get through this dark cloud together. But without further ado, we're going to jump into this episode. Here is John Paul DeRuver coming at you right now. sort of plans and visions for things and so one of those is the fact that uh, my previous records have always had this this binary kind of theme to them my first EP was called dichotomy uh, then there was windows and doors which was a CD DVD double album that folded into a house then there was complexity in simplicity so it's again all these kind of binary things working together yeah, so yeah. this time I wanted to I, I figured I'd keep going with that sort of 
uh, concept. But in terms of, you know, whether love or loss came first, they both were a product of like six years of gestation, really. I was just writing and writing and writing, not really paying too much attention in terms of genre or style. And then eventually I started to notice patterns emerging. So I had a whole collection of singer-songwriter type songs, and I had all this heavier material that, that didn't really fit what I was doing either. And so I decided that maybe that was going to be the split. And then from there, I started to develop the two concepts of, you know, really intimate, focused songs about, you know, family and friendships and relationships. And then the, the, the opposite side of that was, you know, talking about uh, loss and its different forms and, like, the negative emotional side of, of, of the concept. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, the heavier one, the loss. And <coughs> yeah. The love is just acoustic, <laughs> which is amazing, too. It actually reminds me a lot of... Uh, a, uh, artist I really love named Devin Townsend from Vancouver. Absolutely, and, uh, he Absolutely. does it the same way too. He's just like writing and writing. He's like, this fits here, and then he's got eight albums that sound like all different genres. And yeah, it's it's cool because it, I it's it's a rare thing of people doing that. I interview a lot of musicians, and I notice lots of people. Maybe they'll work on the single or whatever. It's like. I find now times the way the media is going, people just want that hit for the Spotify, but it's, I appreciate the long listens and mm -hmm. like the whole conceptual aspect. And it's cool that you take that approach. Um, Thank you. Have you, is there any like a uh, certain influences that kind of affected that way of writing for you? Well, I think it's just generally, I've always appreciated, like you said, the long format. Yeah. Um, one-off songs don't really do it for me. Like, I, while I'm very excited about one-off songs as well, it's it doesn't really tell the full story. You don't get the full depth. You don't get the full immersion into what the artist wants you to understand about mm -hmm. it. Um, and because my musical influences have always been so diverse, it was always hard to have, you know, just one song that. Oh, oh there's he put on an acapella song. Well, that's weird. Not not knowing the context of everything else that's happening around it. So. Uh, much like a, like a Devin Townsend, I've always appreciated artists that focus in on a particular style or genre for that collection of songs. Yeah, so yeah. Bjork is an example I like to give because same sort of thing. It's just very, very specific in terms of like now she's doing an electronic thing. Now she's doing an all vocal thing. Now she's doing pop. Now she's doing that. And I, I, I want the same. I want the same for my discography. I want to be able to not not what other people think, but I want to be able to look through my chronology and identify, oh yeah, that's when I was really into acapella music. That's when I was really into looping. That's when I was really into this. Yeah, so yeah. that's, it's it's partly for an audience, but also a lot of it's for me. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's cool. And you, you put it out there in like, obviously like such a quality package, like amazing production from like everything, from what I heard from uh, Love and Loss. And I find like, with that style too, not to talk too much about Devin Townsend over and over, <laughs> but um, I find like he, him doing that too, people like become fans of just anything he does. Like they become yes. fan of the spirit of the artist and you're, you're pretty much doing that path as well too. You find that with like lots of people who are listening to your stuff? Well, that's the thing. At the core of these albums, it's still my voice. It's still my songwriting. So while the genre and the style has changed, it's still me. So I think that's something that people can, much like a Devin Townsend, yeah. you can <laughs> you can realize that the people will follow me as an artist as opposed to just jump on it because oh it's kind of punk rock I like that and then and then they're they're off. Mm -hmm. true, so true. I think people yeah. will. I mean, is it a shock for some people that you know came into listening to the folkier stuff? I I would hope so. I hope it's it's gonna you know. Um, 
you know, uh, disrupt things a little bit. That's kind of the point of it. Yeah. Um, you know, loss is something that interrupts love. And that's so that's there's definitely a conscious decision to have it be this aggressive, uh, you know, album that kind of interrupts everything else that I've been doing so far. Yeah. So that was that was an intentional move on my part. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I like it. Um, how would you like go about doing the live show around all this, too? Is it, do you like flow certain tracks like or do you like pick one album and like stick to that sound or what do you what do you do? So basically for this tour, uh, depending on the show. So, like, there's a lot of, of performances where we have to do multiple sets over the course of the night. So, on, on a night like that, I'll do, you know, selections from the Love album. I'll just do an acoustic set to open. And then we'll come out with the full band and we'll, you know, hit loss and do, like, almost the entire record front to back. <laughs> so, it just depends on what the show is. So, on a night like uh, tonight where we're at the Horseshoe, uh, we've got, like, a very finite amount of time, 45 minutes. So, for something like this, we're just doing, because I've got the four guys, uh, you know, the, the band with me. There's no point in, in doing some acoustic stuff. Yeah, true, I, I true. I want to rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, you have the tools why, to rock. That's so why I'm gonna, here. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be doing uh, selections from Lost tonight. Oh, that's really yeah. cool, too. Maybe, yeah. maybe an old tune revisited uh, if, if we get the time. But for the most part, it's just we're, we're, we're so excited about the new stuff that we want to share that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Everything's all fresh. and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it kicks ass, too. So it's, <laughs> it's got to feel good, like, just, like, being up there and just kind of... Even, like, the subjects are very heavy and, like, um, emotional and stuff, To Put that into the art form of music, too. And um, when did you kind of find in your life where using, like, music as a tool to, I don't know, take uh, those emotions and create it into something bigger than something internal? So, I I don't know, like, like, in terms of, like, when that happened in my life, but it's always been... Music's always been something that I use to deal with things. So, for example, if I had a problem with somebody, say I had a problem with you, mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell it to your face. I would write a song about it, and then I, that would be me sort of compartmentalizing it and dealing with it. Yeah, so then yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with you anymore because I've dealt with it. I've mm-hmm. written the song. It's there. you know. And so that's kind of the way that I've always dealt with my own personal emotions. But what's interesting about loss is that a lot of it is not necessarily songs about me. Mm-hmm. or my direct experiences yeah. it's about the people around me so I had a, a, a so I'll give you a little bit of backstory there's a song on Lost called There's Been an Accident and that song is just devastatingly heavy because it's about uh, my cousin who lives up in Thompson, Manitoba and a bunch of years ago there was a big uh, big news uh, about her and her family because unfortunately there was an accident and her, her husband and son both drowned as well as another another father and son in a, in a, in a canoeing accident. Yeah, that's devastating. And so it was brutal. I w- uh, I, my connection to it was that I was the one that got the call from my uncle saying, like, please tell everyone on this side of the family. Oh, that's so, I, so I became the messenger yeah. for the night, and I had to go and explain it to my grandparents three times because, you know, they're, they're in a home and they don't quite get it, so I had to explain it over and over again while knowing that I also have like a six-month-old at home that I just want to go and hold right now. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the, the crazy thing is that writing that song was this incredibly personal thing where I didn't even want to tell my cousin that it existed because I don't know how she's going to feel about the fact that I wrote a song about, you know, everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's her story. That's her 
you know, everything to do with her that's not my story to tell, in a sense. Yeah, true, true. But I did it, and it was painful, and it was difficult because I'd have to sink down into, like, this really sort of depressed mental state in order to work on it. But at the same time, I've got, at that point, I now had, like, a two-year-old up upstairs, and because he'd grown, and he's now, you know, Daddy, come play with me. So then all of a sudden you put a smile on, go upstairs and play, and then yeah, come back down yeah. try to sink down once again to work on the song. So now that it's out, um, again, I didn't, I hadn't really told my cousin about its existence. Oh, so they she still don't know? Or she found it, oh. and she listened to it for a week straight and then sent me this wonderful message saying, I've never had anyone express the exact way that I've felt for the past few years better than what this song is. Wow. And, and then proceeded to tell me, like, do you mind if I share it with all of my grieving parent groups that I'm a part of and all these, like, different communities that she's a, a part of now? Mm -hmm. And I was so touched and so honored because it had taken so much out of me to work on it, but obviously nothing can ever touch what she's act actually feeling. But the fact that I was able to sort of capture that was the biggest compliment I could ever receive yeah. of anything I've ever written. Yeah, it's, it's got to be so healing even for yourself to write that down and, like, face it, you know? It's it's so something so fucking difficult to do, but to face that and put it out there and, like, that's a, I'm so happy you got that type of feedback from the immediate family there and everything and, and it's, kinda, it's healing it's, them as well. And it? it's kind of closure for me, too, because, yeah. I, you know, I was writing something that was so difficult, but at the same time, like, what if they hate it? What if they're upset what if this makes things worse, mm -hmm. you know? But at the same time, I also know that as an artist, you kind of have to take these risks and tell stories that might be uncomfortable that people may not want to hear. Yeah. And so that was kind of a bold move on my part, but it's something that has obviously now paid off. In yeah, a sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, like, I don't know, it's uh, hard to, to put into words, but it's it's like almost like very brave of you to take that step in like, what with having that the feeling of fear of like how they're gonna react but um i don't know it's just like you obviously had a feeling there's something special going on with this mm -hmm. and yeah like i said before it's amazing that they got to get some healing out of all mm -hmm. of that and everything and well yeah. and it's and it's very interesting because of the fact that like there's you you, you write material and as an artist again you don't want to compromise your artistic vision yeah true true but at the same time now you're dealing with family it's one thing to just be like, oh, I wrote a song about something that happened to somebody in the news. I want, like, I wonder how they're going to feel about it. You, you kind of, you know, you're kind of divorced from it. You're a little removed. But something like this is like, well, this, this is like close family. <laughs> this is something that could, you know, ruin family relationships for a while if 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 it goes the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So that's again, it was just it's such a huge weight was lifted from me knowing that the song that I wrote was helpful and was received well yeah i, I yeah, really yeah. couldn't couldn't be happier yeah given the circumstances you you understand yeah true true and it's it's crazy like there's so many like brilliant tunes and like pieces of art that come from such tragic places and mm. whether it's music and even like um i've talked to like a bunch of comedians on the show as well too mm. and um one guy was was telling me about how like one of his biggest jokes that gets like the biggest laughs or whatever it actually comes from such a uh, part of pain like a situation and almost turning that into like the art piece like 
it turned into like a therapy because now it's like there's almost like this weight in the back of his head that's now out in the open and he's putting his foot on it like i own this situation now too and yeah I, i don't even know where i'm going with this tangent right now but it's like it's just uh it's beautiful like how art not just musicians or comedians like all art forms you can take a tragedy and turn it into like this beautiful like flower and everything it's it's interesting where where the muse comes from but and i i've always found it difficult to have uh to write positively about things so that's why the love album was such a challenge for me because I'm 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 I gravitate towards the negative. I the darker the material, the more adept the 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 easier it is for me to to write and sing about. But if it's a love song about someone I'm actually in love with at the time, it feels cheesy. Yeah. Like I it's <laughs> like so hard to get around that. Yeah. But and so then I just decided to go extremely direct with it. So the first song off the love album is literally my wife and I's wedding vows transcribed into song. So yeah. okay, this is this is exactly how I felt. And this is exactly how we still feel. And now it's immortalized into song. And that's great. But the negative side is just something that's still like, I find that so much more of a, a powerful muse. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, that's, and that's, that's, that's probably just my own way of thinking. But I, th- I feel like there's so much more power in, in negative emotions, whether, yeah, whether you want them to be or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back uh, to the love album. It's a nice listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's pleasant. I, I, yeah, nice I had it in my ear. Um, as I was commuting to work today, I had a nice coffee. Um, one track I really loved was the instrumental, the Christmas one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I was looking at like the track list. I'm like, oh, are we coming up to like a Christmas song now? Is this going to be? <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. Like it was just like it fit like any season, you know, and it, it was just like a very relaxing um, listen. And like I think it's cool that you wanted to step pretty much out of your comfort zone in like uh put those emotions into songs like that had to be like like you mentioned a little challenging here and there and like trial and error type stuff going on yeah i mean so like on on the on the love side it was definitely interesting because yeah like it it was it was challenging to write positive songs because it's something that i I always to find to write something that i feel is not cheesy (laughs) because i find that stuff can go so cheesy so quickly um but yeah, a song like uh, Christmas Morning, that's the one you're talking about there, it's just an instrumental. And that was <clears throat> that was kind of a personal challenge to me because uh, I'm, I'm often just a rhythm guitar player. When I'm looping and everything else, I add a little solos here or there, but it's mostly just rhythms. So to have something where it's just, can, can I write a song that's just the guitar doing all the talking? Especially in a very stripped down situation where it's just guitar. Can I have a song with just guitar that tells the story? Yeah. So I think you succeeded at that too. <laughs> well, it kind of well, just put my much. head in a different place. It was <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's that one. Uh, it was. It's called Christmas Morning because it felt like a song that you would just relax to once kind of the 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 din has quietened after a Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what that one's about. It wasn't. It wasn't meant to be like you know the next the next last Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <anything> yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more just a vibe, you know. <laughs> I mean, sure. If it gets if it gets, gets played in malls on on you know the Christmas season, I've got no complaints about that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, get those royalties <laughs> off it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. Um, do you remember the first uh, piece of music you ever wrote? Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about it? Uh probably even sing it for you if i wanted to um it was a song oh wow this was i was in grade eight like i mean like 
depends. Song that I wrote or thing that I wrote. Because uh, I wrote jingles when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear about that. Okay, so yeah. so, so the, the, the jingles that I would write, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them were bathroom related in the sense that, like, I'd get out of the tub and I'd say, which towel do I use? <laughs> so, like, I'd have to come up with things like that. Uh, as <laughs> or things, like, a bit more revealing, like... Um, I'm all done. I peed and pooped. So I'd have all these little songs. So there's always like a song connected to like <laughs> yeah. just like your daily activities. <laughs> Do so you know where that came from? Is it just from watching television uh, or? No, I mean, I didn't grow up with, with, with TV really. Like yeah. we, uh, I grew up uh, in Africa at the time. I was in Niger and Lesotho and Malawi. And so we didn't have TV. We would have, you know, video cassettes and Betamax. Uh, and like I would maybe get to watch like something every now and then. But like, Children are so interesting. Like, we have this with our son now that he doesn't watch TV. He's three years old. Hasn't watched any TV or movies or anything. But um, children latch on to the tiniest details. They see something one time, and it's there. And so even as a kid, I remember my dad being driven nuts because I had caught a fraction of a Lego commercial. (laughs) And so then I would just walk around the house saying, nah, 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 I'm a Lego maniac. Over and over again. Just like, <laughs> I actually <laughs> remember that. <laughs> <one>. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would just, but I never saw the full ad. Yeah, yeah. So I just, just like a little piece. Yeah, I just heard that little bit. Nah, nah, nah. I'm a Lego maniac, and I was, just, and then that's the first time I ever heard the term "broken record." Wow, <laughs> wow, yeah. And they say like, um, children at like that age, they're like a sponge too, and like even like the things you intake can like shape your life, which is like, yeah. shows what you're doing now. It's like, well, they, even even with our son, like he. Um, he has he has no idea what the context is, but he loves the Ghostbusters theme song. He's got a couple of Ghostbusters themed toys, but he'll just wander around the house now. <laughs> <laughs> and, he'll, and he'll just straight up like quote different things from the from the he has he has books about the Ghostbusters story, so he knows the story. Yeah, yeah. and he knows all these like catchphrases and lines from different things, but um, yeah, he just, he has no context of what the actual film is about like that, right? <laughs> that's cool how old is he he's uh three and two months now Ah, okay yeah when when he gets a little older you're gonna have to show him the classic or whatever yeah i mean but it's one of those things where we're just excited because he doesn't need it you know a lot yeah, of true, yeah true we're we're fortunate my wife and i she's a photographer and then i i run a studio and i'm a musician full-time and so it's a creative household which also means that we're home all the time so he's not, you know, it's not one of those things where we need to plump him in front of a TV screen in order for us to do some work. Yeah, true, true. We can generally make things work where one of us is watching him or engaging and playing with him. Uh, so, and we can minimize daycare a little bit that way too. So it's it's, it's very interesting dynamic uh, raising a family that way. Yeah, that's got to be cool for the kid too. It's like you got the photo- photographer, you got the musician too. It's like he's probably like unconsciously like taking like so much like skill sets here and there. And there. who knows what's going to happen when he's like 10, just be like some child prodigy. Oh, either that or he's going to want to be an accountant. Yeah, I mean, true. Just like that's his rebellion. Yeah, that's what they say too. You go the opposite <laughs> way of your yeah. parents. Yeah, he's gonna be a plumber or something. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, is your studio? It's called Blueprint. Am that's I right. Correct. Yeah. Blueprint, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah. And um, I think I read you. You do stuff to help other artists as well. Like, yeah. So like, I kind of got involved in artist development a little bit because Thunder Bay. It's very isolated, as you can imagine. Um, and a lot of musicians, you know, I, I, I like to be there because I've done everything from, you know, ground zero all the way to releasing albums, you know, touring internationally, having videos on much music. I've, I've done generally everything. So 
it's something where like I, 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 I never liked being a music teacher. I did that briefly for a little bit, but I love being in a mentorship type role. Nice. So nice. working as a producer is kind of that, like somebody who wants to work with you. Yeah. Yes, as opposed to having like a guitar student that whose father is paying her to be there because you know he wants her to learn guitar and she doesn't care. So <laughs> this kind of a role is very interesting to me. So working with artists to help them, you know, whether it's helping them with the writing of the song, the recording of it, uh, you know, recognizing, informing them on how to get paid as a musician through royalties through SoCan and stuff like that or even just helping them navigate the world of online distribution so they can get their stuff on iTunes yeah, so I like to help people all the way from the demo to the CD release show that's that, kind of yeah, where I like that's, to be that's really important and uh, people need that too because like lots of like creative heads like they can write the song and now it's like okay now what do I do with it <laughs> Like, do I go on the street corner with my guitar it's like how do I get books <laughs> like in, even like um, with your experience navigating through the industry too i'm sure there's like a million little things you wouldn't even think about unless you walk that road so that's really awesome that you do that yeah and it's just it's something to help you know educate people in thunder bay so that they know so that all of a sudden they don't try to leave town and realize oh i'm completely out of my depth so like educating them from within thunder bay so that they can we can elevate the community and then also make sure that they are ready to now leave the nest yeah, that's so, amazing. That's that's what I like to do. Yeah. Do you you put on like shows or events in Thunder Bay as well? Yeah. So I'm a part of a, a three person team called TB Shows, and we run a website called TBShows.com. Concert listings for the and live entertainment listings for the the region, and uh, we host a couple of different things throughout the year. We promote different shows and stuff like that as well. Um, I used to have a radio show on LU Radio, oh, uh, cool, CIOU cool. in Thunder Bay. Um, I'm now I, I was the artistic or I was the uh, festival coordinator for several festivals in thunder bay but currently i am the artistic director of live from the rock folk festival which is about just an hour, an hour outside of thunder bay in red rock ontario oh, that's so awesome. i have my <laughs> i have many many hats yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's really cool <laughs> and then yeah it's like you got the experience to do all of that too do you ever find like you get overwhelmed sometimes if you're oh god doing too much at the same time do i yeah. do i ever do you, do you have like a certain <laughs> way to manage it um, not really. I mean, it's other, other than just not sleeping and, you know, working till five, six in the morning. That's just, but again, that's part of the reality of having a, a toddler at home. Yeah. Is true, that, true. You know, he, wait, you know, you work till five or six in the morning, but he's up at seven. So there's, there's days or multiple days in a row where you're only sleeping an hour or two because you've got deadlines. Yeah. You've got clients in the studio, but you also have to deal with artist submissions coming through the festival. Uh, but then you also have to try to rehearse for your next gig, and then you're up till you know two playing at the bar and whatever else. So it's it's all kinds of things. Yeah, I, I always like to ask stuff like that too, and like hear different stories from different artists too, because I find a lot of like casual fans they see you on the stage, they listen to the album, and they just they just see the shining part. But there's really <laughs> so many layers to put out anything like even to book a show to book a tour make the album and that's what this these segments are all about to kind of dive deeper into like what yeah. you guys do and everything but well yeah. and that's and that's the real challenge though is like how and i mean there's there's a huge conversation about mental health within music now as well like how do you manage that i mean thunder bay it's a bit more relaxed we don't have we don't have you know three thousand uh, dollar a month rentals that we have to worry about you yeah, know, true, true. Uh, a mortgage can be, you know, 
less than a thousand dollars a month. So you only have to have one job, not five, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. order to, in order to survive. Which means that you now have free time. So the musical community in Thunder Bay is so strong and so vibrant because artists can be artists again. You know, you can have a nine to five job, and then you've got every evening to get together and jam with all of your multiple bands that you're in. And then you can play shows, you know, a couple times a week, a couple times a month, whatever, whatever you want, really. You can afford to have a jam space that you pay for to have your stuff in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you, can just, you can just have that time to create as opposed to, you know, the reality of living in Toronto is that you've got four or five jobs, all part-time, trying to make ends meet uh, in order to live in a shoebox, in order to, but then you try to get together for rehearsals and, you know, well, so-and-so works nights and so-and-so is working out of town and you get to, I've, we've seen this happen with bands from Thunder Bay that have moved down here to try to, you know, make a go of it and the band rehearses once a month, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so true too. Even like you're reminding me of a, a good friend of mine right now. He's a, he's even a solo artist. He doesn't have to delegate with a whole band and like just, again, it's like you're living in Toronto, you're working multiple jobs and then uh, he's like, okay, I booked a recording session tonight, but I'm fucking tired. Like, there's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, exactly. and it's, it's kind of like sad in the way because he's making these beautiful songs too. And he's just like, it almost turning into like him hating what he loved and what his dream was. And, and, it's, and, that's, and it's other factors that are outside of just making music. And that's something that I have to face too, is that like, this is my job now. So it's not, I don't have a nine to five job that this becomes my hobby. And this is something that I can just have fun with whenever I want. Yeah. This is, if this doesn't go well, I'm taking food out of my kid's mouth. Yeah. You know, like it, there's, there's, there's dire consequences to my performance, my, uh, my ability to sell, you know, there's, there's all these real consequences of what my actions now. And so something like this going on the road with, you know, a bunch of hired guns, like very, very talented, but like it's, it's, it's a different kind of cost structure than what the one man band. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much risk reward factor to it. It's, well, it's almost like uh, being a artist, like to sustain your life is almost gambling in a way at first, like when you make that uh, initial jump. And that's what, and that's why that's part of the reasons why the studio exists because it still allows me to be in the, in the music sphere but now I don't have to travel. I can stay home and work from the studio. I can work with other clients and fill up any other time when I'm not on the road. I now have bookings. I can I can earn and survive that way. Yeah. So and and that's the thing is uh, once I had a kid, it was definitely a, a, a shift in terms of that. I used to be on the road for like six to nine months of the year. That was my thing, and obviously that changed very quickly. So now like this this tour is like twelve days. That's a long time for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a long time away to be from your family, but uh, yeah. So and that's yeah. that's just. Uh, but you know, it's it's also important that I realize the industry that I'm in that you have to be active in order for people to want to, you know, talk. Like you wouldn't come talking to me if I wasn't on tour. Oh, some guy in Thunder Bay put out an album. That's nice. <laughs> I'd probably talk to you if I if I met you. Have you? <laughs> well, thank you. You got a good much. vibe. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like there's there's not. Why would people in Toronto care about a guy in Thunder Bay that released an album that no one heard? Mm -hmm. you know true, I mean? true. Yeah, so there's an extra push. There's there's the other things like obviously working with uh, people like Ola at mm. Recess. Shout outs, the best are, are are fantastic because it's it takes time, 
out of my schedule now, so that I, Blue Star puts time back into my schedule to focus on other things. And then knowing that that aspect is taken care of, I have a, I'm working with a booking agent now, Joy Balducci from Spherical Productions in, in St. Catharines. Again, that's one less thing I have to worry about, which is nice because then I can worry about just traveling with these guys and doing all the driving myself. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, you kind of build your team around. Um, even this is something, like, I as my show is starting to grow too, I feel like I need extra hands here and there and like to reach out or maybe like hire people to do like little tasks here and there. But I feel like it's such a personal thing to me. It's almost yes. scary to find like, like to find something. Like I don't want to just put it in like a random person's hand and like, there's like a creative control going on in my head too. Did you find you had that with uh kind of a reaching out with your music the first time too? And yeah. So, I mean, for me it's i it's i'm a solo artist so it so it's always been for me it's it has always been about my creative control you know i wanted to be able to create what i wanted to create and kind of my solo project sort of stemmed from the fact that i was in a band where the lead singer left and took all the songs with them so why would i spend all this time and effort working on something in order for somebody else to be able to say no we can't you can't be a part of this or it can't have any of it anymore. yeah yeah so that's well that was part of the impetus for the whole thing and then other things like the fact that it was uh you know uh, fiscally easier to do as one person also very helpful a little honda fit gets you pretty far down the road with one tank of gas as opposed to a giant uh, you know 11 seater yeah true true <clears throat> so all these different things but in terms of the creative control of it it's been something where and that this tour specifically is I'm playing with other people, real humans on stage for a change. So being able to say like, okay, how do you guys want to change these songs? What do we, what else do we want to do? But then the funny thing is that, you know, I, I, I opened myself up for that. And then they all came back, came back and said, you know what? That's great. But you know, we want to do it as it is on the record. Cause we love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. That, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's a but, compliment. There, but yeah. it's also nice to be able to, in a position where I'm, open enough to you know change things and mold things based on who i'm playing with or who i'm working with so being able to have people that you trust to sort of you know um because i've, I've been doing it for a long time this is like my 13th year people have known me that have you know dealt with me personally directly for so long they know my vibe they know everything else and then all of a sudden they get a request from a booking agent they're like well, this is weird. Like, it's all of a sudden this professional relationship has changed with this other person when they're used to just being colloquial and friendly with me. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's very interesting that way. But it's, like you said about building a team, it's very important to have people that you trust that you know can, you know, uh, explain what your, what, you, what your wishes are and what you need very clearly so that everyone is aware. And then if people need to get a hold of me directly, of course they can. But it's nice to just be able to have somebody who's a point of contact that then... I can just sleep easy at night knowing that's taken care of. Yeah, definitely. It's like one less weight off your shoulder there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm loving like all the gems you're dropping today too. I feel like this is very educational and like I appreciate you sharing all this insider stuff and even like the trials and errors of just going through the <laughs> the music industry and stuff because like I find a lot of like different uh, content creators actually like listen to these episodes as well too. Oh, so, nice, nice. so yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. I also don't want to take too much of of your voice right now <laughs> since you told me you're doing the heavy stuff tonight. I am. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I wanted to say yeah, thanks for the time. And uh, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this one up? 
I don't really think so. I mean, I think I think we covered a good breadth of topics here. I mean, other than, you know, people can find me online and stuff like that through any of the music streaming services, uh, my website, johnpaulderover.com. Other than that, just, you know, maybe come check out a show sometime next time we're in, in your community. Otherwise, uh, all the best to any of those content creators or any, any other person in a creative field that's, uh, you know, feeling down on their luck or anything like that. There's perseverance is like if i want to drop one little one more nugget for you yeah, for sure. perseverance is the one thing that will make it happen because even though like i've been doing this for 13 years and all of a sudden people at a, at a certain point people realize oh he, he's still going wow okay and then all of a sudden there's a difference you it, you reach a different echelon in terms of where what your career is based on the fact that you've simply lived through everything else mm -hmm. and you've survived to that point like oh there's a legitimacy that comes from age that way. Yeah. So like a young band, like, oh, they've been around for two years. Okay, well, let's see if they make it to five. So then all of a sudden, like 13 years, oh, well, there must be something to this guy. <laughs> so that's one thing I can say is that my personal belief is that perseverance is something that is very hard for a lot of people, but it will also yield you the biggest results in the end. Just a wreck.